Well, today, as I record this, I haven't done a podcast for a while. It is uh, January 30th, 2020, and I'm doing this from Washington, D.C., as I normally do. I'm retired from many years of working in government, which included some time uh, actually uh, involved in uh, interactions with the Clinton White House and Bush White House back when I was with the uh, International Trade Administration and the Department of Commerce many years ago. Um, I've got, I made many friends in those days and I had, there were times when we had to interact with Capitol Hill and congressmen and their staffs, etc. And uh, I, I made some nice connections at those times and every now and then I'll get, uh, I, I check in with them, especially nowadays, and they'll drop me a little bit of inside info, we'll, you know, have a chat or a coffee, I'll get some in. So I try to relay that, no names of course, I would never do that, a compromise anyway, but just, uh, I like to wrap it up as I get this sort of uh, peripheral intel and try to, and try to uh, deliver it to uh, the world at large in the hope that maybe people will understand how... Uh, our America First movement interacts and uh, where, we're, where we stand and so forth with, uh, with, uh, with our Congress and with, uh, with our government as we move forward. So uh, obviously we've all been enjoying the circus and the clown show, uh, the impeachment clown show that's been going on. But um, we have to, bit by bit, it's like a giant puzzle whenever the Democrats pull together a, an insidious scheme of one kind or another whether it's a phony dossier or a, uh, some giant lie that they continue to pound again and again in the hope that somehow or other uh, there are enough people who will believe it if they just repeat it long enough. So um, that's, you know, that, that's, uh, that's the standard Democrat scheme involved uh, continuing to do what they do, and that is to, uh, they cannot win by, just by votes. They cannot win on the basis of policy, because none of their policies make sense. They'll promise fantasies, uh, not ideals. Ideals are, for example, um, producing enough, enough uh, steel to make enough tanks in World War II. That's an ideal. That's a goal. That's a, we can do it. We haven't done it before, but we can do it this time. That's, you know, we did it before, and we can do it again, or we haven't done it before, but we can do it again. That's America. That's how we, that's how we work here in this country, I think. And uh, uh, that, you know, that's how we're supposed to do it. But the Democrat way is to scheme. And when you scheme, and you're, you're, you're basically a quasi-organized crime family, which is what Democrats have been since, you know, since the days of Clinton now, um, well, then you got to be ready. You got to be ready for whatever comes down the pike. And uh, one thing's for certain, uh, Democrats, this 2020 version of the Democrat Party is not going to change anytime soon. What's the, what's the basic template for the Democrat playbook, the scheme book? The scheme book goes like this. Whatever it is that the other side is doing that is successful, or working, or you know, attracting enough people who see the results and everything else, you need to recognize that you don't talk about anything 
positive or good that the Demo- that the Republicans are doing. You don't do that. You don't do the Trump Nation, the new America First GOP that we've created. Um, this this party, um, you know, cannot be praised according to the Democrat scheme book. So that's number one. Number two, uh, since the Democrat Party is basically an organized crime family, the one subject matter that they understand very, very well is crime. And therefore, they've committed every conceivable kind of criminal activity you can think of and hidden it under this beautiful wrapping paper called virtue. In other words, the Democrats have sold themselves to soft-headed Americans as the party of virtue. Oh, we care about the black folks. Oh, we care about women's, uh, you know, know, women being abused in the home. Uh, We care about, um, uh, you know, human trafficking's results when they end up in America. And we, they care about all these things. Now, they're... Uh, and, the, 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 and, and the nice thing about being a Democrat is this. The Democrats, uh, after World War II, quietly bought up the major cultural pillars in our society. We didn't know it at the time. We, we had no idea. They did it with great stealth. They didn't necessarily have a formal plan, in effect, but they did it. And uh, the, the idea behind doing it was to make sure you control the dissemination and the means of information in the United States of America. And provided uh, the idea there was that if we do that, we'll be fine. We'll be all everything will work out all right. That was it. And uh, so um, they did. And now, um, and over time, they just kind of hid under the surface skin, kind of like a, um, like a cyst or a, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, creature that had burrowed into your skin and had used you as a host to grow and develop. And that's where you got Ted Turner. That's where you get Zucker. That's where you get the Weinsteins. That's all these, all these horrible maggot-like creatures that come in and suck off the body politic of the United States everyday working-class American. These these Democrats um, ate their way in, chewed their way into the, in, under the skin of the United States and, and then uh, established themselves there. Now, we didn't really know who they were. We didn't know, we, we weren't aware of anything that was gonna happen. And they really weren't that organized, to be fair, in the beginning. In the very beginning, most of the folks who bought up these things were still patriots. They were indeed. They, they, they may have had, you know, liberal thoughts, and, but there was a time when liberalism was nowhere near as what it is today. Well, there was a time when liberalism was simply being open-minded and, and, and considering all the facts and considering everything and coming to, you know, new science, new conclusions, new realities, new truths, new facts. Uh, you know, it, it was, there's nothing wrong with forensically examining the world and then drawing conclusions. That was more or less what liberalism was at one time. It wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, basically, uh, people like, you can disagree with their policies, that's fine. You can disagree with dropping the bomb or disagree with the New Deal, whatever, that's all right. I'm, I'm not against that. And 
And there are pros and cons of both. I get it. All right. But it, their patriotism wasn't the issue. We, nobody would ever say that Roosevelt was not a 1,000% American patriot or Truman. Uh, these people were, even when we disagreed with them, we did, the issue of their patriotism as Americans never came up. That wasn't it. In those early days, the media, Hollywood, all those folks, they were just, you know, basically just, they didn't want to be um, accused of being unprofessional because they actually cared about what uh, others thought of them. Then came the extremism and the okay and the rubber stamping of the Clinton era. Now, Clinton was kind of like... Kind of like Obama light, I think, Bill Clinton, when he was president. Now, Bill was, of course, a guy with very little morality available to him. But on the other hand, uh, he was smart enough to know that you don't embrace really radical, ridiculous policies and expect to stay elected. And so, um, as time went, and particularly after the uh, Lewinsky affair, he tacked more to the center. And by tacking to the center, he didn't inflame his opponents quite as much, you know, anywhere near as much as he could have. And so, but the mere fact that this guy was doing this stuff going on and he got, got off basically scot-free, well, that immediately sent a morality message to the entire Democrat party. And from that point on, they began to have a significant number of senators and others who began to embrace uh, really some far-left, uh, destructive far-left policies. At this point, uh, the Democrat Brain Trust started putting things together. Uh, Soros types with big money pumped into far-left causes, et cetera, came around. And the time finally came, by the time... Uh, the Bush years were over. Uh, the Democrat playbook was arrogant, deceptive, um, ready to say or do anything at all, and even to use uh, quasi-legal structures to do so. Uh, and they were ready to do anything it took to gain power, no matter what code of criminal activity was necessary. The only key was don't get caught, cover it up, and make sure the American people are as clueless as possible about the Democrats' aims uh, for as long as possible. Very important. All was well. If, by chance, somebody like a Bush won, it's not a problem. And it was not a problem because uh, they, they, a person like Bush or like a person like Romney or McCain, they knew were basically Democrats at heart, rhinos, Republicans in name only. There are only a few policy clicks of the dial away from the standard Democrat line. For example, those Republicans would be uh, basically low balanced budget, low tax Republicans, all good. You know, of course, that's always nice. But uh, when it came, when the rubber hit the road, the McCains and the Romneys the flakes, these, these people who are the future never-Trumpers, these people were ready to lay down and let the Democrats walk all over them, but which they did. They walked all over them. 
the only thing was the the never trump or milk toasts and the democrats had an agreement an agreement was we'll lay down and let you and be your your carpet will be your throw rug you can walk all over us so you can get your policies done but you can't shame us in public okay just don't shame us for what we're doing how we're we're butt kissing um chuck schumer and, and nancy pelosi but don't don't call us out all right so we'll, you, you can pretend to be upset with us. How's that? So it looks like we're a real Republicans. How's that? Okay, good, good deal. So that's what, how things ran during the Bush years. The, the Dems uh, were basically not no different from the Bushes and the Romneys on most key areas. And the biggest thing of all was that the biggest thing of all was that uh, they had to uh, they had to go along with what the Democrats wanted. They, they still own things. Now in those days, the Romneys and the Bushes who controlled the party had it had it by its short hairs. Uh, they uh, were in great fear, great fear of CNN and NBC and CBS and ABC and the Washington Post, New York Times, etc. They were fear. they knew they were Democrats knew they were mouthpieces of the DNC, but their deal was don't call them out. As long as those Republicans didn't call out the DNC for the biased, propagandistic nature of their association with NBC, CBS, etc., the media, well, then all's good. Democrats wouldn't call them out. They would not. They would let the rhinos uh, live within the department, within the Republican Party, and live peacefully. Now, what is it the Democrats wanted? Well, the Democrats with these rhino individuals became what we call the establishment. Uh, the National Review said to say, um, you know, the Bill Crystals, people like this, these people were all part of the Democrat machine, the establishment machine. That arrangement that I just described was what constituted the fundamental floor of the establishment. Uh, this allowed uh, the people we now call never Trumpers to pocket millions and millions and millions of dollars because they began, they signed on to laws that Democrats proposed and pushed forward that exploited the American working class and kowtowed to China. And NAFTA, uh, the China most favored nation, all of those, all those part of the same thing. That's what we dealt with at that time.